This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Kim Reynolds of Dogman.com with Jackson Moore from Bear Territory Not net as well as the Fresno State Bark Board. We're used to doing two a year with you, but no Fresno State on the uh, on the on the menu this year, Jackson. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm doing Stanford now as well, so I, you'll get me <laughs> down the road again. <laughs> Jeez, and I thought we were busy, Jackson. We kind of uh, I kind of t- tell everybody our world seems to be changing every other month. We get into a new world. Is it like every other day, every other week, every other month for you? What is it for you, my man? Yeah. I've got every few hours. Um, we got a whole new world <laughs> between all the schools I'm covering. So, um, I mean, it's fun and, uh, it's manageable. Um, but yeah, it's a little different. <laughs> yeah, we want to talk football, but just give me an overview of what's going on with Cal and ACC and just how that's all being received down there. What's the future? Just give me a minute or two on that. Yeah, I mean, just relief, I think, at this point. I mean, obviously, the ACC is a bizarre situation for Cal to be in, but given the options, I mean, the pac 12 is gone, essentially, and the Big 12 wasn't going to be an option, and I know there was some talks over the last couple of years with all this that maybe the Big Ten would reach into the Bay Area. So there were some fingers crossed for that. But of course, that didn't play out. So, um, I mean, not many options left other than the Hail Mary with the ACC. And it's worked out. And uh, I think, you know, you get to a point where you need to be in a power conference to stay relevant. And uh, if that means traveling to the East Coast half the year, then that's what you got to do. So, um Obviously, it's a not. I mean, it's much less desirable than what the pack was for the for Cal, but it's much better than the alternative of being in a uh, Mountain West or, or whatever else they would have had to have drum up. Question: I don't know the answer to. I don't know if you know the answer to. But if the Big Ten came a calling and wanted Stanford and wanted Cal, what's uh, how long's their contract? What's their out? Do they? I mean, are they free agents at some point? Could that happen? You know, in a few years. You know, I'm I'm not exactly sure on the logistics. I know the ACC's got that long old grant of rights. So if Cal and Stanford have to go into that, I mean, then they would be stuck till 2036. But uh, I'm not sure if they will be held to that same standard. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But Cal football, uh, you know, Justin Wilcox down at Cal and uh, he almost left for Oregon. You know, word is that the contract was drawn up and sitting waiting for him to sign. And he goes... Yeah, I think I'll stay here at Cal. How's Justin Wilcox doing down there at Cal? Uh, you know, it's a bit of a mixed bag. I mean, he's done a decent job. The, the team hasn't been nearly as successful the last couple of years, and that's been the frustrating part. I mean, it just seemed like he was on this nice upward trajectory those first three years. Every year got better, and then COVID hit, and, you know, they just haven't been able to put a, a winning season together since then. And 21, they had a lot of games that just – 
fell on the wrong end of uh, you know some close battles and then it felt like the young core that they were working with didn't quite pan out in 22 and now i mean they've flipped the roster quote unquote with 50 newcomers this year and and they brought in a new offensive coordinator so uh, i mean it feels like if Spavadol can get the offense going then it's all good with Wilcox but if uh, they can't turn a corner within the next two years I mean how much longer can you keep having losing seasons let's talk about that offense first of all starting with a quarterback do you have one you know they felt like they had three at one point in in fall camp but the clear notion was that none of them had hardly any experience and so you knew there was going to be growing pains and Probably the most frustrating part about that is that they've got Sam Jackson, who has a extremely high ceiling, but a very low floor, I would say. And then you've got Ben Finley, who probably doesn't have a very large ceiling, but uh, has a high floor. So, uh, you know, what do you do? Do you go out there with a quarterback that's maybe a little bit limited in what he can do? Or do you roll the dice on the guy that might give you that breakout season or he might cost you games? And we kind of saw that against Auburn where they did go with Sam Jackson for most of the game and you know they weren't able to finish drives. He had a couple turnovers and I mean, they, by all intents and purposes, I mean, were the better offense in that game, but could only produce 10 points. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of where they're standing at now. If, if Jackson can really get it together, I mean, they could have a pretty special quarterback back there, but in the meantime, he might cost them some games and, Then you've got Ben Finley, who they could also go to, who, again, might not take them to be competing in the Pac-12, but might not cost them a game that Jackson might have a turnover to in. Quarterback's best friend is a good running game and arguably the best in the conference uh, you you have in Jaden Ott. Uh, Tell me about uh, the running game with Jaden Ott and the offensive line and uh, how they're producing. Yeah, well, um, uh, expect Jade not to be ready to go. He did miss last weekend, so a little bit of concern there, but it doesn't seem to be anything too serious. And um, they brought in a whole bunch of running backs this offseason, and they've only got one of them that actually made it to the season healthy. Isaiah Afonso from Montana State, he was the career rushing leader there um, for, for the program. Local and, kid, I think Bellevue up here, by the way. Yeah, and then they've got Ashton Stredick, a walk-on. I mean, they've signed all these running backs, and they've got a walk-on as their number three guy. Um, so that, that it's a thin room right now, but uh, the three of them are all really solid. Um, Afonso has done a good job so far filling in for Ott when needed, and Stredick's not too far behind, but Ott's the, the game-changer. And, you know, there were some questions about how this new offense was going to fit him. I mean, they're spreading the ball out. They're taking a lot of deep shots or at least designed to when it presents itself and uh, the extra element of Jackson's running ability um, has opened up some things for Ott too and they can run some read option and RPO and I mean Ott is just at his best when he's in open space and this offense is all designed about spreading the field out and creating those open lanes so um, uh, it's been I mean, the, the Auburn game, the offense didn't get a whole lot going, and then he was out last week, so still kind of waiting to see it in action. But uh, if they can keep defenses off balance and spread the field, he's going to have opportunities to break those big runs. Sounds like you got a work in progress down there with the offense, with the new offensive coordinator. You lost the wide receiver. I'm trying to remember that uh, you lost to UCLA, who is a really good player. Um, yeah, J. Michael Sturdivant. 
Yeah, you lost Jay Michael, but uh, you know this offense. How comfortable are you uh, with this offensive game coming into Husky Stadium? Yeah, you know it's it's an offense that I mean, just watching them all spring and fall. I mean, they have a, a real high ability to be explosive, which is such a nice thing to say after they were not explosive at all for many years before this. Um, but you also see it with it being so new and a lot of new pieces that it's not quite consistent you know sometimes they need to get into a rhythm or also by the nature of this offense you can get yourself into some quick three and outs or some turnovers so um if if they could get it all polished together it could be quite a, a threat but it feels like it's probably not quite there yet and will it even get there at this point or at this season at some point so that's a challenge they do have a lot of weapons to work with even losing third event at receiver jeremiah hunter's back as their go-to guy um, they've got Monroe Young and Maven Anderson back who have played a lot and they hit the portal pretty hard between Taj Davis from UW of course and uh, Brian Hightower's coming in from Illinois um, Tron Grizzell as a guy that's been here for a while and has uh, moved up the ranks and, into the depth chart so I mean they're going to play about six receivers pretty heavily and send them deep and then put the next guy in so they got fresh legs. How is Taj Davis doing? He's doing good um, like Pretty much everyone besides Hunter, I think it's a work in progress and trying to figure out the roles. Some guys have played more than others and then flip-flops from the first three weeks. But I mean, eight catches for 81 yards and a touchdown. I think he's well-respected around the team for both his talent and what he's done off the field leadership-wise for the group. So um, uh, he was a considered a big piece when they got him in the portal, and, and that's played out so far. Him and Hightower have uh, both been pretty equally impactful. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Peter Sermon, uh, Justin Wilcox, known for their defense, and Cal looks like they've got another good defense. And Cal has given Washington fits over the past few years, not just with, uh, you know, Coach DeBoer last year, but uh, all the way back to Jake Browning, you know, with uh, the loss down there, with Jake Hayner coming in and throwing the interception and losing down there at Cal. Tell me about that defense. You've got um, Jackson Sermon, Peter Sermon's uh, son down there, transfer from Washington, who's an all-conference pick at the beginning of the year. How is this defense different than what we've seen in the past couple of years? Yeah, they've continued to commit more to this 4-2-5 setup. Uh, They were a pretty strict 3-4 the first couple of years in the Wilcox era with Tim DeRuiter as the defensive coordinator. And with Sermon taking over, it's moved more to that 4-2-5 with the outside linebackers filling in those, those defensive end spots and this year, you know, they last year they kind of found themselves some outside linebackers, and so now this year they're really letting them loose, and they've got about three different outside linebackers that are all getting quite a bit of pressure right now. They've got Brett Johnson back, who didn't play a football game for like a thousand days after two nasty injuries the last two years at defensive tackle. So you, know, you feel better about what they're doing in the box. They've got Sermon back, and um, you know, the other inside linebacker spot has been a little bit of a question mark Caleb alarms or younger players been filling in there. Um, and they also bulked up the secondary quite a bit. They've got a UNLV transfer, Noel Williams at one starting cornerback. 
Um, Kalen Moore from Colorado is at Nickelback and Patrick McMorris um, from San Diego state is at safety. So uh, they tried to flip the secondary a little bit and um, just grow from within the interior and in the box. And uh, they've definitely improved. I don't think they're near as good as what we saw in say 2018, 19, but uh, much improved from probably the last two years. This passing attack that Washington has is as good as I've ever seen. I'm not talking as a homer, but these guys are just throwing down the throwing down the field, and guys always seem to be wide open. And, and that's uh, pretty much take from everybody that's seen Washington play. So in order to stop Washington, number one, you're going to have to get that pass rush and get uh, Michael Penix off the spot, and you're going to have to have tight uh, coverage in the secondary. Do they have the pass, pass rush? Do they have the guys in the secondary to stop this Washington passing attack? You know, probably not to the extent for an offense like this. Um, I'm still skeptical about the Washingtons and the, the USC's on the schedule, but um, I mean, they've got some of those elements. They they would just have to really play an A plus game for what they've got. I think to, to handle it um, again, I, I really like the outside linebackers and what they're doing there. Uh, Xavier Carlton, especially the tra- four-star transfer from Utah has been uh, kind of leading that group. And then in the secondary, Noel Williams uh, from UNLV has been really impressive. Um, I mean, He's been their best cornerback, even with some guys that they were returning. Um, I think that probably the other corner and nickelback spots are not you know, Washington level stoppers. Um, so I think that's probably where things kind of break down a little bit. Is just maybe the best, the top three or four defensive backs can can hang, but they're going to put five on the field, and there's going to be a couple of weak links. You know, it's just Washington's been heavy favorites the last several years going against Cal, but it's not been a blowout at all. They've been close games. What is it about Cal-Washington? What is it about that matchup that always seems to make the game closer than the uh, pundits think it will be? Yeah, I mean, I think Coach Wilcox, I mean, he has his teams ready to go, and they usually play tight games, especially at this time of year when these games seem to be playing. It seems like when they get to – October, November, and play the Utahs and, and some of those teams that things get a little ugly for what Cal has been uh, and the injuries mount up. So I think this might be – I don't have any real expectations of Cal winning this game, but I do think that they are a little undervalued. Just Their offense, I think, has been improved in a way that uh, maybe the outsiders don't see quite yet and that the defense is, is decent. I I think they're probably better than 21-point underdogs, but, I mean, they're still not a threat to a number eight team on a given day in my mind either. With the history with these two teams, there's no way I'm putting any money on Washington with, you know, giving up 21 points against Cal. I'm just not doing it. Not a chance in hell. Not the way things have been going for the last several years. Like I said, funny funny things happen. And, hey, Jackson, you know, good news up here. I don't know if it's good news or not because – like I said, you know, we have these funny things go on with Cal, but Washington has their new LED lighting inside the stadium. So, um, you know, uh, what was it? Not last time, but the time before where we had the lightning delay. Yeah. <laughs> Game didn't get over till 2 a.m. in the morning, and then we had to wait, you know, another half hour for the lights to go on. But uh going to be a light show in Husky Stadium on Saturday night. So we're kind of looking forward to that. You've seen the LED lighting before, I'm sure. Yeah, um, that'll be cool to see. They don't have it at, at Cal. The is it going to be purple? Is that what, what they've got at UW? Well, when we were at the game that started at two o'clock, by the time we got out of there, the uh, sun had gone down and they turned the whole stadium purple, which was oh, nice. Uh, which is kind of cool. And talking to the facility guys, where 
you know, the lighting company, I mean, they have computer programs. You touch that for a touchdown and you touch this for, you know, a first down or whatever. So it'll be interesting to see what goes on. And uh, like I said, just funny things happen when Washington plays Cal. It just always happens, even going back to the national championship year. It always something weird is happening with Cal, Jackson. And yeah, you know, that's the one thing I've just been kind of wondering about with this matchup. Is I covered Kalen DeBoer's teams at Fresno State, and I was super impressed by that staff. But you know, every see the every season he was here, which was only a couple. I mean, there was one or two games that kind of caught you off guard. And I know Washington had that one at Arizona State. So I think for Cal fans, they're hoping that the mix of this season's history and maybe their. Uh, the chance that they let up a game might, might all collide for them. <laughs> you you followed Kalen DeBoer. You covered Kalen DeBoer down there. You covered Ryan Grubb. Was this is it the same offense? Is this an unusual year from Washington with uh, Michael Penix, or is this something that you think is going to go with Kalen DeBoer for as long as he's coaching? Yeah, I think so. I mean, as long as he's got the weapons like that, I mean, they're going to use them and they're going to put up as many yards as they could. Um, that's basically what happened here. I mean, they had Jake Hayner who really uh, settled into that scheme and they had a whole bunch of receivers. Uh, three of them just went there. Three of them went as undrafted free agents to the NFL all in the same class after the 2022 season that they were working with. Um, so, I mean, they knew they had the weapons and they used them to their maximum ability. We saw the next year coach Tedford had the same guys and reined it in a little bit, tried to run the ball some. So, uh, you can see um, the, the difference in styles from year to year that they, we saw over here. Jackson, we appreciate you jumping on with us every year. And fingers crossed we get to do this at some point down the road, maybe a non-conference game. So we'll see what happens. But thanks for jumping on with us. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.